0: Are you interested in cracking the customer code?
1: You've got customers, and we will help you work with them to deliver a great experience to grow your business.
0: I'm Jeannie Walters.
1: And I'm Adam Toporek.
0: Join us as we learn from those business leaders who get it
1: and a few who don't.
0: And together we'll crack the customer code.
1: Welcome to episode 001 of Crack the Customer Code. How are you doing today, Jeannie? I'm doing great. I'm really excited.
0: How are you? Excellent.
1: I'm doing wonderful. can't wait. We've got great guests today, and we've got some really cool topics. First thing we're going to be talking about is why customers are so frustrated nowadays.
0: Are you frustrated as a customer?
1: Uh, Everybody's frustrated.
0: Everybody is frustrated as a customer. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, including the Apple Store lady, who most people have probably heard of, but it's a a great uh, discussion point. We're also going to have an amazing guest on the show today, Jackie Huba, who wrote Monster Loyalty, which is all about how Lady Gaga provided such an experience that she has fans around the world who are extremely loyal and what we can learn as business leaders from that. Uh, she's Very cool. She's a pioneer in the customer experience pace, space, I would say. She's pretty amazing. So she's a lot of fun. And then I'm also going to talk a little bit about my experience at uh, Heathrow Airport, and how the way they welcomed me into the country uh, has to do with what we can learn about how to treat customers and why everybody thinks it's so easy.
1: Now, that's in our Customer Hero, Customer Zero segment. So just prelude, just a little bit of tease here. (laughs) Were they a hero or were they a zero?
0: Well, I don't want to be mean, but... Uh, yeah, she was but kind of will. a zero. <laughs>
1: okay. So, well, we're not going to use her name, so that's okay.
0: <laughs> I'm going back though, so I hope they don't detain me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. She will be getting the full search. Right.
0: Oh Here. gosh.
1: <laughs> so Jeannie, I've heard that you're like some kind of customer experience investigator. That's Tell right. Tell me about that process.
0: We have a process called the CXI evaluation. And what we do is literally walk through the customer shoes in as many ways as we can but what makes a difference is instead of relying on surveys and the analytics and the data that a lot of other people are really good at, we really go for those qualitative moments that can make a big difference. So we walk through a specific process from the user's perspective, anywhere from I need to do X, Y, Z online to I need to follow up on this bill and come back and, and really share those stories on a very personal level with our clients so they get it. So they internalize it and make the changes they need to make. You can find us at 360 Connect, which is 360 C O N N E X T dot com. And you can learn about it there and sign up for our newsletter and all those good
1: things. Okay, so let's talk about why customers are so frustrated. So if you have not seen the Apple Store lady before, uh, she, you know, she went the little Vine video, eight seconds, somebody caught it on their phone. And I don't know if this lady's, you know, a nice lady who just got caught at her worst moment ever, <laughs> but she's in a uh, Apple Store somewhere in California. And she slams her hand on a baby stroller, and it sounds a lot like this. And I could by Apple that I could walk in the store and get the cart. that's what the Apple Store lady is. So it's this perfect thing. But what was really interesting about this genie was some of the headlines that were out there, because mm-hmm. a lot, a few, you know, a lot of people. The whole train wreck thing was there, of course. You know, somebody went crazy let right. look at it. But there was a lot of headlines that said, you know, I can't remember exactly, but Apple store lady embodies the frustration right. in us all, things like that. Well, if you, think, do you about, think that is?
0: Well, I, I think that's the whole reason it went viral was because all of us had had that moment because it was all about expectations, right? She exactly. basically said, you have not fulfilled my expectations. You made me a promise. And then I come in here with my kid in the stroller. I'm sure who knows what she did to get there. We've all had those days. And as you know, I'm obsessed with micro-interactions, <laughs> and right. these are those small moments that make a huge difference in the experience. But every day, think about the thousands of micro-interactions we have just by the time we get somewhere. We have to park the car. We have to pack the car. We have to get our coffee. We All of these things. One of those things goes poorly. It sets up the whole day for disaster. And the fact that she basically dragged herself in there, you could tell it was a very crowded store, and they told her you know nope we're not going to do what we promised to do that's where the frustration comes in and i think that's why it went viral well
1: exactly because you know my biggest pet peeve as a customer it's mm-hmm. having my time wasted right you know and her quote is i was told by apple care i could come in the store and get the part right now look we work on the other side of the desk i get it mm-hmm. they may never have told her that and she may have thought she, that's what she heard
0: right or but they did and they didn't or they communicate did tell her that, to the, the store yeah right
1: but either way she thought that. That was her perception. Right. So she came in, she drove all the way down to the mall, parked her car, got her baby in the stroller, walked in, and they couldn't give her the part. Yep. And you know, whether she whether it was valid in that case or not, everyone knows that feeling.
0: Well, and I think if you look at any customer complaint forum or anything, you see that over and over and over. You promised. You promised, and that's what people get really really upset about. So I think that's what you know, we talk about how you have to be human. And the fact that somebody just says, no, that's not what happened, that can make you feel very cut off and unheard. And a lot of what we want as people is just to feel heard. And so if somebody says to us, you know, I'm sorry, they said that to you. Unfortunately, we don't have that. And here's what we can do about it. That might be a very different outcome than what we saw. Because the fact that somebody filmed that means that it was going on for a while, too.
1: Of course, right. They had the lead up to know, like, hey, this lady's. uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) This will be a viral sensation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, hopefully, uh, she got her part and everything worked out for the best. Yeah.
0: Oh, Apple Lady, call us. (laughs) Let us know what happened.
1: (laughs) Like she wants the world to know. We're dying to know. I'm
0: dying to know because we've all been there. I think we can all relate. So.
1: The Absolutely. Apple lady should
0: totally call us. If you know the Apple lady, tell her to call us.
1: <laughs> so we have a guest, right?
0: Yes. We have on the phone with us now Jackie Huba. And Jackie is the best selling author of three books on customer loyalty. She's a pioneer in this customer experience space. Uh, her latest book is Monster Loyalty How Lady Gaga Turns Followers into Fanatics. She's a sought after keynote speaker. She's a Forbes.com contributor, and her work has frequently been featured widely in the media, such as the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. So we're thrilled to have her with us. So, Jackie, you wrote a whole book about Lady Gaga. Tell us why you did that. Oh my gosh.
2: Um, well, you know, I've been um writing and researching customer loyalty for over 15 years, yes. and so I'm always on the lookout for you know, great examples. And I just really started watching what she was doing back in 2009. I mean, I just got sucked in by the music, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the weird stage performances and costumes and makeup. But then I started really watching what she was doing with fans. And it was very different from what a lot of other people were doing. And mm-hmm. so um, I I started adding her into my presentations, and I got such great feedback. And Just kept going on the fan sites and and watching every single thing she did for five years and finally realized, holy crap, there's a lot of people who don't know what she's doing. And Mm -hmm. it's amazing how she's creating this loyal fan base. So I thought, I'm going to write a book about this.
0: That's awesome. Well, one of the things I love that you highlight in your book, Monster Loyalty, is how she shines the light back on her fans a lot. She makes them the stars. And that's what provides so much loyalty. So do you have any favorite examples of how she does that or or what businesses could learn from it?
2: Yeah. The one, the tent you're talking about that I call is um, make them feel like rock stars, make mm-hmm. your customers feel like rock stars. And she's done so many things. I mean, she, on the uh, Born This Way tour, she had this area up front called the Monster Pit. And she announced that the very first person in line at every concert on that tour would get to come backstage and win the key to the monster pit. It was called yeah. the monster pit key. And it was this giant, I shouldn't say giant, like three foot long cardboard key that was made out of an icon of her in a very, um, kind of long story, but she a kind of a, a skull makeup was from, mm-hmm. from one of her videos. And, and she wanted them to sign it and give it to her. And she would give them a necklace version of it. Oh my gosh. Um, to signify, and then she would take a picture of them and post them that picture on littlemonsters.com for every single, I think there were over 160 tour dates. Wow. It was insane. She was on tour for a year and a half. I know. And so she's highlighting them, you know, as rock stars. And I think for businesses, you know, we're so used to, for the longest time, like we're the stars. Our product is the star. Right. You know, our company is a star, and I don't know if you saw this little thing that Coke did with the whole putting the name on the cans and yes, bottles.
0: That was fun. That was
1: awesome.
2: It was just a tiny little thing yep. to replace the name, but this is the first time, I don't know if you saw, the first time in 11 years um, they had declining sales. This is the first time it went up.
0: Really? I hadn't heard that, but yep. I totally mm-hmm. get it. I totally get it, because people were like searching for their names and... They were really excited to find their names and share them with other people who they knew. And it was so personal. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and It's the exact same idea. It's just Coke using it in a little, to me, it's a little tiny way. And when they stop doing it, people may stop buying <laughs> Coke. So it was, of course, very campaign oriented. But, you know, that's the idea. When right. you When you allow people to take the spotlight, especially now in the social media world where they can create their own content and post mm-hmm. it on their own channels, they're going to do it. That's cool.
1: Well, awesome. You know, Lady Gaga. You obviously use her as sort of a metaphor. So, h- how do you take the principles you know, that you talk about in your book of Lady Gaga? You know, if you're selling auto parts in the Midwest, you know, how do business leaders, you know, in not in entertainment, how do we sort of take those principles and use them to, to better our businesses?
2: Yeah, one of the things that um, I talk about in the book, it's one of the most important strategies when you look at, like, I've got seven of them of how companies can learn from her on how to build loyalty. But I think one of the most important ones is um, something I call focus on your one percenters. Mm -hmm. And it's really those diehard customers, the ones who buy from you all the time, who love you, who tell other people and recommend your business. And there's a lot of research out there that shows that business people and marketing people are a little bit more preoccupied with acquiring customers than they are keeping the ones they have. Yes, And this is really, um, its like the math doesn't make sense to me because you've spent all this money to get them. It's five times cheaper to keep them than to get another one. So you've got to focus some of your marketing efforts at your current customers to keep them, keep them happy, and at the end of the day, get them talking about what an amazing job you're doing for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the top lessons. Like Gaga has, gosh, She's one of the most followed people on Twitter and Facebook, you know, millions and millions and millions of fans, but she built her own social network called Littlemonsters.com. There's only about a million in there. She spends a lot of time in that community with those folks um, more than she does in other social channels. And Mm -hmm. so she did that because she wanted a place for where her diehards were. They're the first people to get tickets, access to tickets and many things like that, but she's in there talking and chatting and commenting on people's, Photos and things they post. So that's the, that's one of the top lessons I think um, companies could take away. It doesn't matter if you're Coke or if you're the you know neighborhood oil change store.
0: <laughs> well, and I what I love about that is that it shows that she's investing. Just not only her time, but her resources and everything else and the people who really matter. And I'm going to go on the record and say that I'm a Jackie Huba (laughs) one (laughs) percenter because I've known you a long time. I knew you when you wrote your first book and I became a groupie then. And uh, I'm happy to call you my friend now. But it was uh, I think you've been looking at this as an issue and really like flipping the funnel for a long time. And I think that's really cool. So I'm a one percenter
1: for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. And, I, and, I, and I'm hoping to be. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: And if you ever get the chance to see Jackie speak, jump at it because she's amazing too. So I'll say oh, that too. Thank, you. thank but you so much. I've known you a long time. I totally love and respect you. And I thought, I've only thought you were crazy once. <laughs> and that's <laughs> when you started talking about becoming a drag queen performer. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what you're doing with drag queens and why you're talking about them.
2: <laughs> I can't believe you're outing me, Jeannie. <laughs> I'm only going to say a little bit about this because it's, uh, it's a little bit with my next project, but it's, it's, um, it's kind of far off. So just to say that, you know, I'm really um, interested in weird things. I think <laughs> No, I think we all should be. I think that when we're marketers, we need to look at stuff that's on the edge and that's strange and different. Yeah. Because we have to stand out and be creative in our marketing and we keep doing the same old crap. (laughs) And I, I really, and I think that we should look to other places for inspiration and look at the weird, crazy stuff. I mean, I live in Austin and it's weird here. I mean, the motto is keep Austin weird and it is. It is, but it's awesome
0: too yeah
2: and i um I've just been watching this show called Rupaul's Drag Race, which is of course the infamous Rupaul who has a great reality show for the last five years, and I've learned a lot about drag mm-hmm. and it's just fascinating and as someone who's on stage as a business speaker and who wants to think about how to push the limits, you know, I just thought, well, what if I created a drag character myself mm-hmm. and started learning how to do that and doing things that are super scary and that's pretty scary. So yeah, I I have my alter ego lady Trinity and I perform as her in Austin sometimes. That's really fun. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. it is. Well, and I think it's an interesting example of looking at things that we usually ignore. You know, we usually can walk by things and not pay attention to what is successful. And part of what we're trying to do here is find the innovators and talk to them and figure out what works and figure out what's next. So that's, that's very, very cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you. This was great. Anything else? thank you so
1: much. This was great. No, I love it. And I was a late adopter to Lady Gaga, so I'm really interested in this. (laughs) Yeah, I I sort of started slow, but I really am into her now. So I'm I'm digging this whole theme and I I love the analogy.
0: Wow. Thanks, Jackie. That was awesome, wasn't it?
1: That was excellent. Thank you so much.
0: So, Adam, I heard about something called the Customer Conversation that you're involved with. What is that?
1: That is my e-newsletter, and we send it out twice a week, and hopefully you've been getting it for years. Of course. What we do with the Customer Conversation is it's very much centered around customer experience and customer service. And we look at different things each week, and you get a really cool ebook called The Seven Secret Customer Service Techniques Every Expert Knows. And you get that right when you sign up.
0: Hmm, cool. That sounds important.
1: It is. You know, it really talks about, like, the different ways customer service people approach customer, customer service, and it sort of encapsulates the obvious things that get forgotten. Hmm. So anyways, if you want to get seven secret customer service techniques every expert knows, join the customer conversation. Just go to customerebook.com. Again, that is customerebook.com. Cool. So let's talk about our next segment, Customer Hero, Customer Zero. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to be talking about in this segment, you know, week after week, is going to be companies that are either being the customer's hero or being the customer's zero. You know, we talk about hero class customer service over at CTS, and I really like that idea of being the customer's hero, that you can really save somebody's day.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: But today, I believe you're going to tell us a little story (laughs) about a customer zero.
0: Well, and I think this is even broader than that in some ways because. Whenever I tell people that I focus on customer experience, you get one of two reactions. You either get a reaction where they look at you like you have three heads because it's not something that everybody knows about as an actual profession, or they want to complain about the three industries that we hear over and over and over, <laughs> which is airlines, cable, and mobile phones. You're welcome. Uh, and they, Because as customers, we all can relate to that feeling. But when you say, oh, yeah, you know, this is what I focus on. Everybody thinks they're an expert on it. Everybody in the world. And when I speak at big groups, there's always somebody who comes up to me afterwards and says, I totally got what you were saying and I do all that. It's the rest of my company. They totally don't get it. So I think as individuals, we get this stuff. And that's what's so weird. And that's why it's it's a hard thing to do. So w- a few months ago, I went to London to speak at a conference and the conference was called Customer Experience World. So I get off the plane, I go through immigration with my passport, and they're welcoming me into the UK, and the woman starts asking me questions. Why are you here? Is it business? etc." So I explain that's why I'm there. She says, well, what's the name of the conference? And I told her, and she looked at me like, you've got to be kidding. And then she said, can I see the brochure? So I thought they, because they're pretty strict about labor laws over there, too. So I thought she was just doing her job really well. Pull out the stuff, show it to her, and she says, you know, every day we treat people the way that we do. And I don't understand why you get paid to come over here and tell people about it. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, she has all of the power because she has my passport in her hands. And I'm trying to get into the country. So I just kind of smile and laugh and say, yeah. And she says, you know, I treat people uh, well, because that's what I do. And then they give us these trainings, like we don't know what we're doing. And you could tell she was super defensive. She was making me very uncomfortable. And she was acting like this is the easiest thing in the world. I can't believe there's a whole conference about it. And she finally gave me my things back, which I politely said, oh, thank you. You're right. This is silly. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just go on my way. Uh, And it really struck me as that's how people view it. They view this as easy because as customers, it seems easy. Because as customers, we get it. We understand this is the way we want to be treated. The problem is that when we walk into the doors of a business and we have a role there, often our responsibilities go against what are good for the customers. So then you have this conflict that happens, and then you get silos and everything else that can really deconstruct the customer experience very quickly. But I thought it was really interesting the way that she saw herself and the way she saw the training as not beneficial at all to her.
1: Well, that mental disconnect is mm-hmm. a huge part of this because the funny thing is, it's not just a frontline disconnect. No. You know, they uh, you, you know that study. I can't remember the exact statistics. It's like eight they surveyed uh, CEOs and they surveyed customers. Yeah. 85% of the CEOs thought they gave great customer mm-hmm. experience and those same CEOs, those customers it was like 15%. Right. Right, right. there's a huge disconnect between how good you think the experience you're providing is, and how your customers actually feel about it. Right. Uh, she obviously could use a little bit of introspection. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not flying to Heathrow anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, because you know, obviously, it's interesting. She is degrading your customer experience as she tells you how good she is at giving you a good right. customer experience. That's
0: exactly right. That's and which is pretty. Well, and I think bringing up how the leaders see it is really important. And there's a really simple tool that any leader could use to help their customer experience. And it's so simple, it seems silly, but it's a to-do list. And what I mean by that is so many leaders get into positions where they are completely disconnected from the experience that their customers are actually having. So putting on a to-do list once a week, once a day, something, where you call your call center – or you walk through the front doors of the store. In retail, a lot of store owners never walk in the front door because they park in the back and they walk in the back. So they never actually experience walking in and seeing the store. Is it neat? Is it you know, welcoming? All those things. They don't actually have that experience. So putting on your to-do list, whether you're a small business owner or a CEO of a Fortune 500, something every day, something every week, that is about the customer experience and checking in for yourself, that goes a lot further than digging through statistics and talking about bringing customer satisfaction rates up. Because if the CEO has bad experience, guess what? It changes really quickly.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that sort of proactive approach. I mean, that is how you design a great customer experience. Amen. Right. You you (laughs) proactively have to go look for it because – Everyone is far too busy now. If you don't put it on mm-hmm. your to-do list, if you don't schedule it on your site visit on your calendar, if you don't do these sort of proactive things to make sure you're going to take X number of minutes a week, X number of hours a month, right. to focus on customer experience, you know, to view to view your experience through that same lens, it's not going to happen, right? Because your inbox is full, your voicemail is full. It's just you know, it's not going to get done.
0: And think about. Going back to Jackie and what she said about Lady Gaga, I mean, Lady Gaga is so dedicated to her fans because she knows they're the ones who make her, and she makes that really obvious, and she shines the light back on them. And I think that's what any great customer leader, they're going to shine the light back on their customers as well.
1: Well, that was so profound, Jeannie. I think we will just end it there. First of all, I want to thank Jackie Huba so much for uh, participating with us today. And as always, thank you for listening to Crack the Customer Code. Yes, thank you. So if you get a chance, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you've enjoyed it, only if you've enjoyed it, please leave a (laughs) review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Also, for today's show notes, please go to CrackTheCustomerCode.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.